join us on the My Name is Daughter podcast and learn how to live life as a daughter of God. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the My Name is Daughter podcast. My name is Athena and I'm so glad to be your host today. I am really feeling the weight of this one, guys. I'm not going to lie. Um, let me start off with saying I'm grateful that you're here. Continue to rock with me. I'm very appreciative um, every week to just know that there are people out there listening to this. So thank you again for your encouragement, your feedback, even the criticism. Like It's all good in the hood. I am going to pray and today I'm going to talk about I'm going to talk about judgment and I feel like this is, it's just very weighty to me. And so I've just been kind of reluctant to record, but I know I need to, I know that we need to talk about this. And, um, if ever we are going to know who we are in Christ, we know who we are as daughters of God and know more about him and his character, then we got to talk about this topic. So let's do it. Lord, I thank you so much for your daughters. I thank you, God, for each and every one of them that is listening, that is here trying to learn and grow and be more like you. You are holy. You are good and kind and faithful and loving. And we are trying to look more like you every single day in every possible way. And I pray, God, that your words would come through my mouth into their ears and to be just rooted in their hearts. Oh, God, their hearts would be soft. Lord, not hearts of stone, but hearts of flesh. I thank you, God, for every possible stage and season that they are in. And I pray that that they would know that you can use anything for your glory and for your honor. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to start off with just a basic definition um, of judgment. A couple of different things. The first one is the process of forming an opinion or evaluation by discerning and comparing. Second one is a formal decision given by a court. And the third one is an obligation created by the decree of a court. Um, there's a difference between being having the ability to judge something correctly and have a sense of discernment and being judgmental and being that like judgy kind of person that nobody really wants to be on their receiving end of. Um, and I think this is a good time to differentiate between the two because the Bible has distinct differences between that. So typically when I feel like when we hear about judging in the Bible, we think of Matthew seven, where it's like, do not judge or you'll be judged with the measure you use. It'll be measured unto you. And, um, we talk about like the speck in someone's eye and the plank in your own eye and all these types of things. And I just kind of want to break that down a little bit. So in Matthew 7, 1, the, when it says, do not judge or you will be judged, it's referring to this sense of unfair kind of judgment. Judgment that's just, it's not really based on anything. Um, same thing with Matthew, with the uh, the second verse in that chapter. Um, it's saying like, you basically have this, you've come to this conclusion and it's basically without merit. You have no case. You, you're, you've just come up on your own that this person is this way and because they do this thing or, and you, that's it. There's no room for anything. And I think that's the difference. I think that's really important as far as judgment is concerned, is that with judgment, you are not leaving any room for 
any type of change. It is final. It is that formal decision given by a court of one with a judge. You're a judge, you're the jury, you're the bailiff, you're, you're everything. It's, it's all based on you. And that is not the type of judgment that God wants. Um, that kind of judgment is rooted in pride because it is essentially your interpretation of how someone should be, how someone should think, how someone should act. Um, and I'm bringing this up with regards to us being daughters of God, because I'm going back to the idea of how we relate to our earthly fathers. And a while ago, I had to come to the understanding of the fact that I literally, I was judging my father. I was judging him based on what I thought he should do, what I thought he should, how I thought he should act, what I thought he should say, you know, and I don't even remember why, how I came to this conclusion, but I realized over time that I had this picture in my mind, however it came to be, whether it be movies, whether it even be relationships with other people. I think I've shared with you in previous episodes that there were times with like Father's Day where it was difficult for me or I would go to a sweet 16 and I would just like have such resentment in my heart because I didn't have what someone else had when they did their father, daughter dance or whatever the case may be. And because of that, I allowed myself that that opened up a door. Listen to me. It opened up a door for other things, resentment, bitterness, all that kind of stuff. And that's where the enemy can come in. When we are judgmental, we are opening up ourselves to things for things to come in and take root like bitterness and resentment. We are opening up ourselves also to receiving judgment notice that the scripture says with the measure you use it will be measured to you that's how judgment works it's a seed that is sown and that is why we have to be careful when we just throw things out there when we have our own opinions and like i said no basis for that or the basis is is our interpretation it's not actual truth it's we've come up with something on our own and sometimes we even can have scripture to back it up and it's still and we still can take it out of context but when we do that when we judge others unfairly when we don't have a case that it comes back to us when we judge our fathers and i know this could also apply to like moms and caregivers and stuff but i want to specifically talk about fathers when we judge our fathers for what they did or they did not do, that comes back. Remember it says in Galatians 6, it says, God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. You sow the seed of judgment, you will reap it. And judgment is tricky because not only do you get back, you get that back, you get it back in a greater measure. You get it back in a greater measure measure and unfortunately it comes back with a vengeance again I think I shared this story about I can't even remember (laughs) one time when I was going to someone's bridal shower um there was some type of shower and the woman walked in I was like oh my gosh how dare you like you wore jeans like in the world 
judged this woman, okay? Who did I think I was? I don't know. And then years later, I went to someone's shower. And when I, I didn't even remember that I had done that until I walked through the door and it was like the Holy Spirit reminded me at that moment, remember when you judged that woman? You're wearing jeans now to somebody's shower. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I felt like people were staring at me and, and they might not have been, but I, I received the judgment that I gave out in a greater measure, even though it was, it might've just been for myself. Nobody said anything to me, but because I planted that seed, it came back to me and I was embarrassed and I had to like talk myself out of it. I had to repent. I had to repent because of that judgment. And there are some of you have spent your entire life judging all kinds of people for all kinds of things. And there's a part of you that it's difficult for you to even step. Oh, this is good. It prevents you from even stepping out to do things even that God has called you to do because you spent so much of your time judging other people for when they do it that you think in your own mind, someone's going to do that to me, even if you are that person. Some of you have judged yourself much more than anybody else could because you've done it to other people and now that's coming back to you. When it comes to fathers, you've judged your father because he wasn't there for you in the capacity that you wanted him to be. He wasn't there to love you in the way that you wanted to be loved. I had to come to terms with the fact that my dad loved me like he knew. He was not going to be able to love me the way that I needed because he didn't know what that was. And I had to have an empathy and a compassion for my father because when he was providing, I realized afterwards, that's how he loved me. He loved me by providing. He loved me by giving me things because he was able to do so. When I was like, I don't need the things. I want something else. And I judged him for that because of that. There are times when God would work in a certain way and it wasn't the way that I wanted it. And I would be like, God, you really love me? Do you, are you really there? Like you say, I see your word, but that's not what I wanted. As if God was subject to my thoughts and plans and ways and perspectives. How dare I? Judgment is rooted in pride. I think this is after this episode, this is a great opportunity for you to actually think and take a moment and assess, are there areas that I have judged my father that even if it's something like basic things, has it been rooted in pride? Think about how there have been times where I came up with my own conclusion as to what should have happened. It could have been something as simple as how my Father could have handled something or if him, him and my mom, if he and my mom were in a disagreement, um, just anything when it had to come with him. And I was convinced that I knew exactly what it was. And then I had to, as I grew up, as I got married, as I had my own children, realizing like you, you have, when, when my kids try to like say stuff and I'm like, you have a limited perspective. You have a limited understanding as to what really is going on. And there are times where I go and tell them as more so the oldest one, but will explain as much as I think is appropriate as age appropriate to her and say, you see this, but I, as the parent can see more than you can and give her the chance to like learn and grow and mature a little bit. 
And I think about how it is with God. We think God should answer a certain way. We think his response should be a certain way. We think he should handle people that have wronged us a certain way. We think that he should give us things that we are asking for, desiring, things that look really good, really great. And he should do that for us. And we have a limited perspective, a child's perspective on things, not remembering that we are in the hands of a loving father who can see the end from the beginning, who can see the whole picture, who cares for all of his kids simultaneously and wants the best for us simultaneously. Then wanting to use scriptures out of context when it's like, oh, all things are going to work together for my good. No, it's not. It doesn't say that. It says that all things work together for the good. And that's important because that means it's if there are two of us are believers and, and we're both saying, well, it's going to work out for my good. then that means that God is not going to work on behalf of the other person. And that God cannot do that. He's not going to, he doesn't have favorites in that regard. He's not going to purposely, you know, bring, bring down one of his kids. Now it's different, obviously with discipline and things, you reap on what you sow, obviously in consequences, but we act like it's only us. We act like God is just looking out for me as opposed to understanding that he has an an entire will that includes all the members of his body. It includes all the members of his body. It's time that we do what it says when it talks about setting our minds on things above and not earthly things. It's time for us to start activating and accessing the spirit of God that's inside of us by taking the time to read his word, to pray and getting his insight and say, God, what is it? What is it that you have? And there's times that he's just going to drop it in. And sometimes we have to do a little bit of research. Sometimes we have to do our due diligence. I mean, I've shared on social media, we, God literally dropped it quote unquote, randomly in my heart that we were going to move to Nashville, Tennessee. And I was like, what? I wasn't praying about it. It literally just came out of nowhere. And I was like, okay, well, what's the deal? I had to begin to look up the church. Lee and I were looking for places to live and we found it. So there's, there's times where God is going to say, do this. And then there's other times where we have to kind of find it and figure it out as we, as he shows us. And that's okay. That's okay. But as we walk with God, we will develop those muscles. As we walk with God, we'll, we'll hear what's, what's going on. I mean, think about it. If you have children, there's going to be times in certain stages of their life where you're going to be like, no, no, do this. And then as they mature, as they grow, you're going to know what's the best thing, right? But you're going to say, okay, well, here are your options. Here, here's, here it is in front of you. Wanting them to grow and mature and get to a certain place. Now, again, using human analogies, they're flawed because we're human. Okay. But if you think about it, only over time, a loving parent is going to allow the child to work through things. They're not just going to tell them to do everything. When it comes to our earthly fathers, it's time for us to repent. It's time for us to repent. It doesn't matter what it was about. We have to repent. And that might seem like, what? You don't even know my father. You don't know what he did. You don't know how he treated me. I understand that. There might have been an expectation that was not met for whatever that reason is. 
And I am very sorry that you had to experience that in whatever that means, whatever extreme ways that is, whatever side of the spectrum that is. But it doesn't mean that you get the right to judge him as a person. You don't get the, and that, and let's make, let's be clear. The Bible also says by your fruit, you will know someone, right? By their fruit, you will know them. And so I'm not saying that you can't say, well, someone, if your father was perpetually lying, you can't say, okay, well, I'm not going to trust him what he says because patterns have shown him to not be trustworthy. That's a different situation than you saying, well, he didn't come to this baseball um, or recital or activity. And so for therefore, he doesn't love me. Therefore, he's a bad person. That's that's those are two totally different things. And again, we have to be careful. This is, oh, also I wanted to address this idea of, you know that scripture where it talks about give and it will come back to you, good measure. Let me find it here because I'm looking for, looking in my notes here. Yes, here we go. Luke chapter six, verse 38. It says, give and it will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over will be put into your lap for with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And a lot of times people use that for like, giving offering messages and to get more money out of people <laughs> essentially i mean a little bit crash crash with that but i'm just saying but if you go to the verse before it says judge not and you will not be judged condemn not and you will not be condemned forgive and you will be forgiven give and it will be given to you good measure pressed down shaken together running over it will be poured into your lap for with the measure you use it will be measured back to you that Scripture about giving is talking about the judgment that he was just referring to. Now money. So the judgment that you give out, always going to be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Will it be put into your lap? This was the increase that I was talking about before. Not only was when you sow a seed, you don't reap a seed. When you sow a seed, you reap a tree. When you sow a seed, you reap the flowers. When you sow a seed, you're going to reap abundance. And in the positive way, in the good way, in the way you're like, hey, oh my gosh, abundance. It's going to be the same in the negative. And so in order to have that not happen, repentance, 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 repentance. We are making new decisions on how to deal with things. So instead of when something happens with your father, you, instead of saying, well, they, he must not love me or he must be a bad person or he must whatever, you humble yourself because again, judgment is rooted in pride. You humble yourself and you pray and you find out from the Lord, where is this coming from? Or whatever that thought is, you continue to take it captive. Every single thought, good, quote unquote, good and bad. Because remember, we have standards of goodness that are based on other people. But when we think about the standard, like even Jesus said, only who's good? God alone is good. When we compare our goodness, our righteousness to him, it ain't nothing. So even quote unquote, good thoughts have to be taken captive to make sure that they are lining up with the word of God. And if they don't, and if you don't know what that is, then that means we have to get more into the word. But repentance and humility will show us, you know what? 
It, it will allow us to have compassion. It will allow us to have empathy and it will allow us to discern rightly. We can discern rightly, even if we say, okay, well, this person is in fact a liar. But when we discern rightly and when we have the judgment that, that God wants us to have, we always give them opportunity to do something different, to be better, to improve, to change. Just like God in his mercy, we have been subject to the judgment and the wrath of God. We've, we don't want to talk about that part of God, but we have been subject. When we are not in Christ, we are subject to the wrath. We are subject to the consequence of that accepting his son. But God always gives us an opportunity to change. And that's why he sent his son. It gave us an access that we didn't have because of the fall of man. And so when we choose him, we make things right. And we walk out that salvation day in and day out. We need to, as people, always give people the opportunity to change. And I know that doesn't, that doesn't fit like worldly standards. We just want to cut people off. And I'm not saying there are not such things as healthy boundaries. So you got to hear the balance. You got to hear the balance. If someone is toxic, if someone is abusive, you must get away from them. You must get away from them. However, if you believe in a, an all-powerful God, then that all-powerful God can also change that person. And by the leading of the Holy Spirit, by listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, he may or may not say you can allow that person into your life in some level or some capacity. I'm not God, obviously. I don't know if he says yes or he says no. But the point is to always be open to what if he says Yes, let that person back in your life because they have changed. If think about when Saul was converted, when Ananias was like, uh, Lord, you want me to talk to who? You, um, the dude that's been killing all of us? That's the one you want me to go pray about? Go pray for? You're bugging. You're bugging. And God was like, no, 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 no. Trust me. He's good now. He he's good. Go. And Ananias probably was scared. Like, I hope this is not a silly trick. I hope you're not really. I, I hope I, I hope this is real. And had to go out and minister to this man who was killing people. And thank God he did. Because that's why we have the that's why we have the New Testament. <laughs> Both of the New Testament. Because Paul wrote it. I mean, I'm I'm looking up the verse right now. It says in Acts chapter 9, verse 6, 15. Okay. No, no, I'm sorry, 13. Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias departed and entered the house and laying hands on him, he said, da 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 da, going on. So we always have to be open to what the Lord has for us. We always have to be open. And there are some of you that have judged your father so harshly 
that you will never be open to that relationship and you need to repent. You need to repent. I'm not saying that means you're going to ever have a relationship with your father. I'm saying the fact that you've closed that door when God has not told you to close that door, or you don't know if God has told you to close that door, you're, you're, you need to repent. You, that means you're still holding on to it. That means you're trying to be in control and only God wants to be in control. And so you need to give it over to God as difficult as it is and walk that out every moment of every day. Walk it out. And for those of you that have put your father in a place, even if of an idol, because your dad was so good. Thank God he was amazing. But make sure that you're repenting and not allowing him to be above God. Not allowing just what going to your earthly father for stuff and not your heavenly father first and foremost. Because we have the ability to make things idols. It could be people. It could be working out. It could be jobs. It could be children it could be spouses it could be our things anything could be an idol and we don't have there's no room there's no place for idols god is a jealous god he's not gonna sit here and compete with nobody else nor should he have to because he is far above all rulers and powers and authorities he is far above all things all created things because he is the creator of the heaven and, and, and earth and so we have to repent we have to repent. We have to humble ourselves because while judgment is rooted in pride, repentance is rooted in humility. We have to humble ourselves and repent and say, Lord, I am changing what I'm doing going forward. I should have not done X, Y, and Z. And I'm going to, from this day forward, change and do something different. Do what you have called me to do. I, that is one step closer to being like the father, being holy as he is holy. Daughter, daughter of the most high, as difficult as it is, take some time to really pray. And I'm going to pray, Lord, father, I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that you would reveal the ways that we have judged our fathers on this earth. Reveal the ways that we have said, I will never do that. I will never be like him. I will never marry someone like that. I will never treat my kids like he does or he did. Because all that comes back, that is all seeds that have been that have been sown. And right now, God, we repent and we uproot the seeds so that they do not produce fruit. We uproot all of those things that we said even the things that we thought and had just held on to because the body remembers, our, our subconscious remembers. And we cast it out in the name of Jesus. We take the practical steps, whatever that needs to be, so that we do not reap the consequences of those words. And even if we've already done so, I pray God that we would be aware and alert and allow your spirit to speak to our hearts and to tell us what to do because we are now open. I pray for a heart of flesh right now that would allow us to hear what you have to say in this particular area as far as fatherhood is concerned. Because Lord, when we, we've allowed that to affect us so much that it hinders our relationship even with you, God. And we repent of that, that we allowed something 
we, we identified something to be more powerful than you. And we acknowledge that you have all the power and that you can change hearts, starting with our own heart. Father, I pray right now for your daughters, God. I pray for the for the injuries that have been done to them, both physically, mentally, emotionally, all types. I pray for the hurt that they've experienced, God. I pray that they would remember that you are with them, you have been with them, you've never left them, and you will never leave them. And I pray, God, that they would begin to heal. They would begin the process of healing, God, whatever relationship was with their father that was negative. I pray that they would begin to heal from even the positive relationships with their father, the father that was there for them, the father that provided for them. I pray that they would even heal from the idea that their earthly father is the one that's going to take care of everything, as opposed to looking to you, the best father that there could ever be, knowing that you are the provider and that you created the one that they love so much. And that we, they, we were, I pray that they repent from making that their father an idol. I pray that they repent of thinking that of subconsciously walking in this idea that their earthly father has got it all together and that he could do no wrong. I pray, I, I pray for repentance in that. And Lord, I thank you for the new day. I thank you for how we're walking in newness and fullness in you, God. I thank you. You're so good. You're so good. You're so kind that you even allow us to have this conversation. Let your word go forth, God, not on deaf ears, but on ear that that she who has ears to hear, let her hear what the Spirit of God is saying. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please follow, like, share, and subscribe. Leave a five-star review so this message can get to as many women as possible who need to know their identity in Christ. Thanks for rocking with me. I appreciate you.